0: There's just so much more to
1: hear.
2: Download our podcast at DubaiEye1038.com.
1: We are talking about the books that can often be overhyped. We all know them. We've heard about them from our friends, our family, all over the internet and social media. And then we get to them, and sometimes they deliver, and sometimes they don't. Now, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens is the debut novel that has wowed readers all over the world, including Reese Witherspoon and her famous book club. But is it worth the hype? That is our...
2: The Big Question.
1: Big Question today. So joining Isabel, myself, and our guest, Sarah Hamdan, who's still with us in the studio to debate and discuss this, is Louise Edenzor, who is Senior Lecturer at Middlesex University. Remind, Remind us what you teach. Because you I, did tell me before, and, and now I've forgotten how to phrase it.
3: I teach. I run the foundation program, mm-hmm. and I teach in media and education.
1: Okay, and, and it, I read somewhere that children's literature was one of the, the things it that is, you It is. That's
3: the education course that I teach. Yes,
1: that was one of my favourite things that I studied at university. So all I know about where the crawdads sing, um, and all I knew about it before I picked it up was that it was this Reese Witherspoon recommendation. Everyone was talking about it and that it was set somewhere in America in the 1960s and involved a murder and that no one could stop reading it. So I jumped on the bandwagon and I'll reserve my judgments for later. But could you start us off by telling us a little bit more about it and set the scene for us properly?
3: Of course. It's actually set in South Carolina in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I actually thought when I started reading it it was set in the Everglades, but it's not. And, you know, I'm not very good on American Geography, so I did have to Google where it was. Um, So I looked it up on the map. It is just a little bit further north than the Everglades, but it's set in this beautiful um, sort of swamps of um, South Carolina. And it starts in the 1950s. Um, And the thing that strikes you about the book, I I didn't. I actually, it's funny talking about the hype. I didn't actually know about the hype. We read it for our reading group. I'd never heard of it, so I didn't know that it was a very popular book when I read it. Um, And that would have actually put me off reading it i don't like reading books that are popular um <laughs> because they don't like you say they don't always You're a hipster reader uh, yeah no i'm just i just i probably just don't like what the average popular reader likes i think you know and uh, like you say it doesn't always live up to the hype that you yeah. get but the minute that i opened this book i was hooked and it's not necessarily just the story it's the writing
0: mm-hmm.
3: because um dr delia owens is a scientist and I didn't know that until I finished I didn't Google her until I finished the book. Um and what she describes in the book is what she does. It's it's effectively what she does for a living. She's she studies the kinds of sort of flora and fauna of these kinds of areas and lived in isolation like the girl does in the book. So the the book follows a family to start with, um, concentrating on the little girl Kaya. I'm gonna say her name is Kaya, it's spelled K-Y-A. I don't know whether it's Kia or Kaya, but I'm gonna call Kaya. her Kaya, it's Kaya. Yeah. And it starts off with her mother leaving. So they live in this very isolated, very basic, very rustic. I can only describe it as a cabin. Mm -hmm. Um, I can see it in my head, but I can't really (laughs) describe it. Um, No running water, no electricity, nothing like that. Very basic. Very, very very basic. And her father is violent. And her mother, it starts, the book opens where her mother leaves. And she's very little at the time. And then gradually over time, all of her brothers and sisters leave as well and they leave her on her own with this violent father who gradually also, um, he spends longer and longer away from home and then he disappears. And so 10-year-old Kaya is left on her own in this shack, in this very isolated um, swamp area Um, and it follows her life from then on, this very resilient, very... Pragmatic little girl who manages to survive against all the odds and eventually becomes a famous author of non-fiction books herself.
1: It's it's almost a on one on the one hand it's a study in in isolation, Mm, isn't it, and and abandonment, and and what
3: what that does to a person. Mm, Very much so, and it's also I think it I think what's fascinating about it is that she sees everything only from within her own experience. And so that gives you a very different world view. It gives you a very different idea of what the world is like. Um, and the other thing I didn't know, is, which isn't apparent as you begin the book, and it, not until you get about halfway through, is that there's going to be a murder. You don't know that. And that's. it would be a mistake to think that this is a murder mystery. It's not. It's not. It's not at all. Um, and, you know, that would put... I think if that was in the blurb for the book, it would put people off. It's not, it's not a murder mystery at all.
1: You've picked up on exactly my my only issue with the book and that's that the synopsis and the blurb gives far too much away and I Mm -hmm. I just encourage anybody this this seems um Um, seems odd to say but don't listen to us talk about the book and just pick it up and read it if you want to read it because Where the Cruel Dad Sing I think is at its best when it completely takes you by surprise Mm. so we will try our best not to give away any spoilers so thank you for setting the scene for us Louise. Now a big theme in the novel is loneliness and isolation and that's something that we were talking about and I, I wondered reading it because she paints such a beautiful picture of this and it's very introspective and it feels like it's coming from a place of authority what her background was so not only is this her debut novel she's she's also a zoologist um, and this is Delia Owens talking about the inspiration by, behind crawdads and kind of where that uh, sense of isolation actually came from
0: I would watch the lions in the late afternoon with the sun setting behind the dunes, and they'd be playing and tumbling with their cubs and each other's cubs. And it made me think about my girlfriends back home. It made me realize how isolated I was not to have a group. And that was one thing I wanted to write about in my novel was the effect that isolation and loneliness can have on a person.
1: The effect that loneliness and isolation could have on a person I mean that I think she does that very well in the book um sarah what did what did you think of it? So I thought that the writing was phenomenal when you pick
0: it up from the first few pages, you know you're in for something special, and I had to appreciate that and to your point, it was also coming from a place of authority, so this is a beautiful ode to nature of somebody who spent a lot of time and interacted with. This kind of swamp marshland, she knows it like the back of her hand. So you feel like it's escapism, and it gives you that that break from your own life. That you know, I personally enjoy turning to books too. But it wasn't my favorite book of the year. I struggled with it a little bit. Um, I was a little disappointed because I felt like it was overhyped. Everybody around me who read it, all the Goodreads reviews were just raving. It felt like there was a joke that I wasn't getting. It didn't hit the right mark for me. Uh-huh. What did you think, Isabel?
2: Um, I have only tipped into it at the mm. moment, but it is a book I absolutely want to read. And what I'm fascinating about is, fascinated about is that this is a Tarzan type of story. Where um, and there's been so many sort of uh, not so many but there have been documented incidences of children who have have lived a very isolated life and what impact it has on them. So from a psychological point of view, plus that m- the majority of her learning comes from life around her, whether it's the fireflies or crawdads or whatever else it was. Um, she learned that was her f- that was her source of learning and um, looking at that kind of character and it sort of reminds me in a really strange way of Elepha Oliphant. Eleanor yes. Oliphant yeah. there is something because she was so isolated, although she lived in a civilized society and things like that, and she invented you know um, conversations that she was having and i 'm fascinated to read this, and um, I, I hope it lives up to um, my expectation. I think the storyline is is really good, and then how she is viewed because she will be strange, of course she 'll be strange. Mm-hmm. Um, um and it also reminds me of Jane Goodall when we um, were shown a clip when she we were so lucky to have her give a talk and one of the clips she showed was this rehabilitation of chimpanzees back into the wild from a, a sanctuary and she was there and she went on the on the boat with the chimpanzees in cages and they let the cages out, but the last one that was opened looked at her and she was there, and she adopts the language. Body language of uh, of chimpanzees because that's been her life's work and it turned back to her and came and gave her a hug and it when I think about it and then it went and this moment that was captured in this this uh, you know documentary video of that happening was just incredible
1: that immersion and that connection to nature is not something that a lot of us have particularly now and so it is particularly almost magical reading. Stories like this or, or watching, say, Jane Goodall be reunited with the chimpanzee yes. and seeing it on screen because it's a it's a connection that we're not familiar with. So f- for me, this was one of my favorite books of the year because it it did what I love books to do. And it took me somewhere that I don't have really a hope of ever experiencing myself. I'll never have that sense of extreme isolation and, and what that means in terms of my relationship with my environment, because in a way, the marshes is, is her friend. Mm. it is it is everything to her. It's the only thing that she can depend on after all these people walk away from her. and And that relationship is not something that I have ever experienced or that I think many of us have. and it was so special. And also I, I'd recommend if you have the opportunity to listen to the audiobook version of this because it's set in I think South South, South Carolina, Carolina, you said. and yeah. so if you imagine that accent, it is is just magical to listen to it. The narrator for the audiobook is is wonderful. Mm. That's, a, that's a great my,
2: suggestion
3: yeah I think I think um, you know for readers who are listening it's the book isn't only about her there are other yeah. people in in the book and she has a very good relationship with um, a couple who are uh, and themselves are a little bit outside of society because they're um, uh, they're subject to racism. Mm-hmm. They run the local store and, and that's really the only good the only positive human relationship that she has with adults when she's a child. But then she has the relationships with two men in the book, which is a very large part of the book. Mm-hmm. So you know, if readers are listening and thinking, "Oh, this is just a story of a girl living in a in a hut in complete isolation," it's not. There is there are other strands to the story. It is a lot more complex than yeah. you know than we're making it sound.
0: But I think that's what didn't appeal to me because it felt like there was a lot going on. So yes, everything that you said was true. Beautiful writing. Um, this ode to nature. But at the same time, you're dealing with a murder case. You're dealing with a coming of age, these, this romantic story. You're dealing with a woman who's later trying to define her career. It just felt like there was a lot going on. And I, I wanted it to focus. It yeah, I guess for other people, they felt that way. But for me, it was it just felt like it was demanding of the reader a little bit. you were reading with it, all of it and going, pick one thing. Pick one thing and commit, you know, uh, but I really did love the writing style.
2: And again, I felt a connection to um and i as I say, I've got to complete my reading of it because i I was um immersed in Margaret Atwood um we are completely beside ourselves by Karen Joy Fowler. Did you ever read that I did yeah, and again, that is um very much about um, nature and but also it's our relationship with our world around us, which is so uh, I think at the fore of everyone's mind at the moment with you know animals becoming extinct with forests burning and all of these things um, that we do not have that connection of um life around us you know natural life around us whether it be the environment whether it be the you know natural water supplies whether it be animals and so these kind of books Written, and it's a novel, but written by someone who is an expert in that field, as it were, mm. brings it that, that touch of authenticity. <laughs>
0: Did anybody else Google what a crawdad is? Uh yes, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think everybody they reads sing. it must do and that must yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if <laughs> they
2: really sing, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well lots so of what, things So so what is a crawdad for our listeners? Okay. Wondering? Okay, so it's um it's a term that's used uh, instead of crayfish, um in, in, in southern American states. They call them crawdads or crawdaddies. And um, crawfish, you know, or crayfish, they're absolutely delicious. It's a crustacean and it's yummy
3: um and that's how that's how she survives though isn't it because that's how she survives by selling um is it or is it actually oysters or is it uh, or muscles? Sh- muscles muscles or something she, muscles. That she, yeah that's yeah. how she gets money isn't yeah. it she sells them to the people at the at the shop yeah that's how she manages to survive so that's quite interesting but i think at the moment i think books about not necessarily about nature but about loneliness are very yeah if you think about the ty- kinds of comedy television programs like you know, Flea bag and that kind of thing that's on uh, at the moment in britain it's a very very um it's a very sort of now very poignant topic isn't it the fact that we're not just isolated from nature we're isolated from one another yeah i think everyone know? yeah, really. can relate yeah I was, I, mean, just, I was listening to a ted talk the other week that was saying that our houses that the f- square footage of people's houses over the last 40 or 50 years has got bigger and bigger and bigger mm but the interaction that we have with one another has got smaller and smaller and smaller. We're, buildi- we're building bigger houses and filling it with stuff, not filling it with people.
0: And the internet doesn't help. Everyone exactly. feels oh, yeah. disconnected. Yeah, exactly. But I think um, loneliness is such an important issue, and mm. I love that these books are covering that. And I feel a little bit like Goldilocks because this book had too much going on and my year of rest had too little going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking for that perfect balance of the book that touches on loneliness in a way that really speaks to me personally. Mm
1: yeah i it, it's really interesting how and this is why the show is wonderful because for me this book was everything because it had it had everything yes. in it and if it didn't have that whole murder inquiry in it, I don't think I would have loved it so much it was constantly surprising me. I thought I knew what it was doing and then it was doing something else but it didn't feel jarring to me at all it felt completely natural and if it did ever feel jarring it was I was so into the headspace of this character who was being shocked herself by the direction that she was being pulled in by all these different characters and, and society that she couldn't really keep up with, that it just felt right. But that's why this show's great, because we get to disagree
2: and 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 reading is is always when you read books you t- you add to it your own baggage, your own experiences, your own loves and dislikes, and all of that, and other books you've read. Mm. and so you bring all of that to the table, and a writer is never complete without a reader so no no writer can write something if it's not read, it's incomplete because mm. we pick up things, each one of us will pick up a different thing from the same book that we Mm. read and that's what's so wonderful about books films are different books uh, really do allow your full you know gamut of your imagination to Mm. color it and people it and and bring parts of your memory to it that that make it separate and different for each each of us
0: But I also think think expectation. Sorry, mm. go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. Plays a big role to your point because I came into this thinking I was going to read another educated or Eleanor Oliphant. Right. So I, my expectations were extremely high. So perhaps that played a role.
1: Mm. So what do you think overall about this celebrity book club thing, where people like Reese Witherspoon get a book so hyped up that you meet them
3: with these expectations? Well, I think I think Reese Witherspoon actually has quite good taste as an example in in Britain it's Richard and Judy isn't it so you can google Richard and they tend to be books that have very good stories not necessarily very good writing but very good stories because that's what's popular isn't it but this one for me it had both mm-hmm. which is rare yeah you know the number of books that I download on Kindle and I'll read the first 50 pages and like no I'm not reading mm-hmm. any more of that because it's just it's you know it might have a decent story but it's so poorly written. So I think, you know, I think some of these celebrities, when they pick something like this and, you know, we've talked about the kinds of issues that it raises, then it raises those issues with a lot more people. If somebody like Reese Witherspoon endorses it.
2: I I think I think book uh, celebrity book clubs are absolutely brilliant because exactly what you say, Louise, that it. It really raises it way out of the bookish uh, book mm. clubs, readers, etc., into the much wider um, uh, public domain, and therefore people will think, "Hmm, maybe I'll pick that one up." Mm. And Richards and Judy, uh, they've they've picked some fantastic reads over over the course. But some they do now a summer read, which is lighter and it's more mm. sort of geared, at, you know, holiday reading and things mm-hmm. like that. But over the years, they have highlighted books. Oprah Winfrey, again, has brought some incredible books to a huge audience. And that has to be good that more people are thinking about reading and t- picking up a book and experiencing something different.
1: Mm. OK, I completely agree. We're going to have to leave it there, unfortunately. But thank you so much, Sarah and Louise, for talking to us about Where the Crawdads Dads Sing by Delia Owens.